looks like a good spot. Amen. Well, the Lord has really blessed us with great weather. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this or not, but we have only had a couple of days early on where we, we had to stop or miss church. And uh, yeah, he's getting the volume. Very good. And uh, just praise the Lord and thank you. Thank him for being able to do this. Uh, I want to give a, a quick update on Pastor Gus. Uh, very quick update just based upon what Elaine told me that he's recovering. He's doing better. Uh, that's a praise. Um, we, we, need to, uh, we need to put your lasso around him and keep him under control. Because I think he had a question about if the guys finished the asphalt in the back. And uh, so Elaine put him in the car and took him up here and drove around. And he, as they were pulling in the parking lot over here, pulling in the driveway, talking about, those guys didn't cut up all that wood over there like they were supposed to. And, and, and Elaine basically did the, just kept driving because if you don't do that, you know, he cannot do anything like that anymore. Don't touch the wood. Leave it alone. So, and I know he's anxious to get back. I mean, that's just a natural, that's his natural tendency. But um, just knowing how backs can be, you've got to really take it easy. You can't, you can't overdo it. You have to really just do the rehab, do what's necessary to try to get better. So pray that not only is God going to heal him completely, Amen. but also pray that Elaine's lasso keeps working Amen. Uh, to keep him under control so that he doesn't start doing something that uh, will put him back behind the eight ball. That is really what the, the prayer is more than anything else. I think that's the most important thing right now. And uh, just pray that uh, also that God can, can continues to enable uh, the members of this church, the people who are serving, doing all this setup, everything that you see every week to make it as comfortable as possible. Um, I, this is beautiful out here. I mean, this is something I, I can't get tired of this. I'll be honest with you. This is a, something that's really great that we can gather together like this as a group. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer and get into the word and um, stay on schedule and make sure that we can enjoy this beautiful day. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to be able to worship and praise you in the midst of this glorious beauty that you've given to us. Lord, we hear the birds chirping, the cicadas making a little uh, bit of a sound as they do every year around this time that, Lord, you just bless us and keep us with your beauty of nature. Lord, help us to appreciate these things more and more each day. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your healing of those aches and pains and those sorenesses that we have. Thank you for looking after our beloved pastor. Thank you for keeping him safe as well, too. I just thank you that we're able to worship and gather as we do each, each Sunday. It's not to be taken for granted. It is indeed a blessing to do so. Bless us, Lord, now with your word as we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you're going to like this statement uh, for what it's worth. We are living in an exciting time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Y'all seem too excited about that uh, because there are some people who can make an argument about that. But if you look at it from God's perspective, we are living in an exciting time. There is a lot that's taking place right now. Now, we've seen... A lot of upheaval. We've seen a lot of change. In virtually every situation or circumstance, it is better to take a positive or optimistic view because to do anything less may be unhelpful to your overall outlook. Now, I tend to be a rather positive person. And I prefer to live with a philosophy of the glass half full instead of the glass half empty. Amen? Amen? It's all about your approach to life. It's all about your approach to life. Now, my wife and I have used this very unusual time in our lives to do something that neither one of us had done together for a long time. And it involved just taking walks around our neighborhood. We have been taking these walks relatively early in the morning 
before getting into our workday. It gave us the opportunity to walk, to breathe in the air, to enjoy the view of the trees, the early day sunshine, to listen to the birds, and contemplate the events of the day. We would also talk about the past, and we'd also plan for the future. We have covered a number of subjects during these walks. We've had a lot of conversations. And frankly, we've been able to have these, even more of these discussions than we ever had even when we were riding in the car together. We were going back and forth across town for our own jobs. We've had more time to talk and discuss things even during these walks than we were even in the car together. In the car, I was often watching the traffic while she was concentrating on her phone. And these walks have been quiet and peaceful and wonderful, and we've been able to connect in a very special way. The pandemic has changed everything that we were doing, but the result has given us an exciting new outlook on life. Glass half full. Even during tough times and tough situations, there are good things that come out of them. Are you able to see things in this way? I want you to think about that. Here's an important point to consider. Not everyone sees things the same way that you do. Not everyone sees things in the same way you do. So with the knowledge that you're living in a pandemic, how is your present outlook on life right now? What is your outlook? Now, I've learned to not make any assumptions that everyone is doing great. And everyone may not be doing very well with this or even just a little okay. It's worth exploring this because there are a number of people, maybe even very close to you, that just aren't doing very well. They're just not doing well at all. Now, don't dismiss this as a glass-half-empty approach to life. That would be unfair. That would be insensitive. I challenge you to please look at this matter objectively with others who are in this experience and look at this with the desire to offer your help, your care, and your concern. Be ready to offer your help, your care, and your concern. While you may be doing okay each day, consider that others, as I've said earlier, may see life much differently right now than you do. So with that in mind, have you called a neighbor recently? Have you looked in on a friend? Have you reached out to someone that you haven't seen for a while? Do you know what's going on with that person? Think about that. With life's obstacles, God provides us openings. With life's challenges, God gives us opportunities. Now, we've had to wear masks and actively implement the new phrase of the year, social distancing, which is what we are doing here today. But even under these protocols, we are discovering new ways to carry out what it really means to live in a Christ-like manner before others. We're doing it in a new way, in a different way. This is a new way. This is a different way. 
And yet here we are. So this message is certainly about having a personal, positive, glass-half-full approach to what is going on now. But I'm going to stress the importance that all of us reach beyond our own approach to life and go even further. Go even further. We need to see that it is vital that we take the time to call someone. Call someone. Visit someone. Or just say hello to people that you know. Or perhaps don't know very well. We are to be the ones that don't just talk about cups of water, but serve them in the form of the living water of Jesus Christ. Please take your Bibles and your electronic devices and turn to Matthew chapter 10. Let's take a look at what it says in Matthew 10. We're going to look at verses 40 through 42. Matthew 10 Verses 40 through 42. Remember, we're to serve those cups of water in the form of the living water of Jesus Christ. It says in Matthew 10, verse 40, whoever receives you receives me. Who's me? That's Jesus. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward and the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward and whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water he is a disciple truly I say to you he will by no means lose his reward People need to see the love of Jesus Christ come from you and me. Amen? Amen. The love of Jesus Christ come from you and me. And that's what it's all about, is the love of Christ. The love of Christ has you where you are right now. The love of Christ has delivered you from all this sickness, all this violence, all this stuff. The love of Christ has delivered you. So now you take that and share it with someone else. We can tell people that they need Jesus, but it is just as important that we live like Jesus so people can see Jesus in action. That's what we need to see. Jesus in action. Through your words, your speech, your behavior. This is much more than just a glass half full approach to life. People will come to Jesus when they see the importance of Jesus, the relevance of Jesus, the love of Jesus. If they already know Jesus, and all of us here, many of us here do, you're reminded of his love, his grace, and his goodness. That's what we need. We as believers still need to be reinforced, amen? We still need to reach out to each other and show the love of Jesus in our actions. Why is seeing Jesus in both good times and not so good so important for everyone? It's because he is making himself known in the power of the Holy Spirit in order to present himself as our blessed hope. He's showing us through the power of the Spirit his blessed hope. Let's take a look at a verse. Titus chapter 2. Actually, it's four verses. Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 14. Now what I've been doing is I go back and forth between the ESV and the Christian Standard Bible, which is a newer version, but I like the way they represent what's being said. So 
So this particular passage I'm going to read to you is out of the Christian Standard Bible. Starting in verse 11, Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God has appeared, amen, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. Once you get saved, that's not the end. That's the beginning. Amen? Amen. You're just getting started. You're being prepared as a people to go outside of yourself and do great things for other people, whether they know the Lord or not. That's what we are called to do. And we're called because God has extended his grace to us. He appeared to us. He shows himself to us, his goodness. Then we can translate that information to others. The Holy Spirit provides the information that we need to deal with life. Amen? Have you not called on the Spirit to deal with life today as we know it? He dwells within the believer. But guess what? We still have to call on him. We still have to ask him how to deal with stuff. He teaches us how to live and how to live before others. He is our blessed hope. And he shows us the importance of looking to him and being obedient to his word. And he also reminds us of how we are to look to others by ministering to others. It helps those who are caught up in the cares of the world. Remember I said, don't assume how everybody's doing right now is being doing well. The cares of the world, if you are not careful, will get you caught up and take a believer's focus off of what's important. That's what we have to guard against. Please go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to look at verses 4 through 6. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 4 through 6. Now this is back to the English Standard Version. Starting with verse 4. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Blinding the minds of unbelievers from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. In other words, they might be getting the gospel all the time, but guess what? They have to see the light of the gospel, the light and the truth of the gospel. Verse 5, for we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. It's not all about me. It's all about Christ. That's what you are proclaiming. It's not about you. It's about Christ. We are not proclaiming ourselves as Jesus Christ as Lord, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. You are a light that shines in a very dark world. But the light that's shining is not your light, it's the light of Christ. That's what people need to see. That's what people need to understand. So our role is to live in the image of God and reflect the light of the gospel and glory of Jesus Christ to others. 
We are privileged to carry this image of God by working in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our faith leads the way as we minister to others. So now, this is much, much more than showing others a glass half full positivity. Positivity is great. Being positive is wonderful. It's not enough. You need to do more than that. You need to make sure that you're showing that you are a true helper in the faith for everyone you meet. A helper in the faith. A true helper. Now what does it mean to be a helper in the faith? Let's take a look at this. I'm also going to give you uh, some acronyms as well too to follow this with the word helper. Because what you're going to find is that these these uh, phrases or definitions I give out of helper, it's going to help you to discover with more depth the characteristics of a helper of Jesus Christ in ministry to others. The characteristics. The character of God needs to come through your ministry. The character of God needs to come through in your communication with other people. God's character has to be shown because you want Christ to be at the forefront. This is a helper in the faith. So let's take a look at this. And if you're able to jot them down or, or type a note uh, of these following items, that would be great because you'll find that they're going to be very beneficial. So first, let's take that word helper. The H in helper starts where we should all start in our encounters with others. It starts with humility. Humility. Being a humble servant before God. Humility. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. Why don't you turn to that too? Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. A lot of us get on fire for the Lord. Amen? On occasion. Maybe we started out that way when we were first believers. Well, now we got to temper that a little bit because we want to make sure that we are doing so when we're ministering to others with a humble heart. A humble approach. You're not trying to scare somebody to death. You want to be humble in your approach. It starts with humility. And if it starts with humility, that means all the other stuff that follows will flow in nicely. But if you're not humble in your approach, people will see right through that. People will see this thing that we talked about last week about fake Christianity. We don't want to be fake. We want to be real. We need to have a humble heart and a humble approach. Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 3. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Verse 2, with all what? Humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What's the opposite of all this? Just turmoil and chaos. You want to be the one that's humble and gentle before others in your ministry. That's a helper. It starts there. James 4.10. You can turn to it. It's a great short verse. And I'll challenge you that for a lot of us or all of us, it should be a memory verse. Because we need to always remember that God is going to work with us as we humble ourselves before him. Amen? God, amen? amen? God's going to work with us as we humble ourselves before him. Amen. I'm just checking to see if you're up. I know the weather is beautiful out here. You're ready to go, whoa. It's time for a nap. No, it's not. It's time to hear this. You can go nap all you want on your own. Amen? Amen. James 4.10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and what? He will exalt you. Amen. You can't go wrong when you humble yourself before the Lord. Now, what does humbling yourself mean? Lord, I have sinned. I have done stuff I know I shouldn't have done. I'm bringing this stuff to you. Lord, forgive me. That's the first step. Amen. Humble yourselves before the Lord. He will exalt you. He is faithful and just to forgive you because you come to him and ask for forgiveness. That's what he does. That's his character. 
That's his character. The next letter, the first E in helper is for empathy. Empathy. We need an injection of empathetic believers in the body of Christ. Amen. Empathy. You need to have empathy for other people. Practicing empathy is to do what? Be sensitive to someone else. Amen. Be sensitive to another person. No matter what is going on in your life or in that other person's life, be sensitive. Have empathy. If you really want to help, be a helper in the faith, be sensitive to other people. Be empathetic. Romans twelve fifteen. The more I look at this verse, it's a great verse. Because it truly means you are paying attention to what's going on in the other person's life. Romans 12, 15. ESV version. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Now understand something. He's giving this, us, giving this to us as a guide in Scripture. There are certain times that you cannot pep talk someone out of their mood. Amen. If they are having a hard time, just be quiet and weep with them. The time will come when God will lift them up and their spirits in a time when it's needed most. It's not about, oh, you shouldn't be feeling that way. Snap out of it. That's not being sensitive, and that's not being empathetic. That is not what God would have you to do. I'm just telling you flat out. That's not what he wants you to do. It's not your job to be this glass half full on every approach, but now it's time for you to be humble and now be empathetic and sensitive to what's going on. Let the Spirit lead, amen? When it's time for you to encourage someone in that way, let the Spirit lead in that way. All of this is with the Spirit being done. Spirit is doing it. And you're acting on the Spirit. 1 Peter 3.8. 1 Peter 3.8, another example of this. The scriptures are amazingly consistent in our approach as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amazingly consistent. It says in 1 Peter 3, 8, Finally, all of you, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Can't go wrong if that's your approach. You can't go wrong. All of these things represent God's character. Because that's his approach to us. The L in helper is for listening. Listening. What a concept. Being a good listener. We need Good listeners. Now, I guess if I raise my voice enough, you know, my degree is in communications. And so I've been taught that a very important part of communication is listening to the other person and not being the one talking. You've always got something to say. Well, sometimes you need to just shut your mouth and just listen. Amen? Amen. Listen to people. Amen. How do you know how to act? if you're not listening to what is being said by the other person as you're talking to them. We need good listeners. Humble and empathetic people are very good listeners. Let's start with that. It's almost going in order. Humble and empathetic people are good listeners. You're a listener. It's very important to hear where a person is coming from. Why? In order to be effective in ministry. If you're concerned about how you're ministering to others, stop talking and listen to people. Listen to what they're saying. Do you ever notice that when you're talking to somebody, you ask them how they're doing, 
you may not get the information right away. It may wait, lead up to later in the conversation. Although that one time we went to the sides to go location and I had the nerve to ask the woman, how are you doing? And man, Lynn and I got dumped on. It had to have been 15 minutes. Have you ever sat and listened to somebody talk to you who's behind the counter working somewhere and just talking for 15 minutes? It was a dump. It was a major dump. It was a dump truck dump. Lynn and I were buried in words after that. We had to dig our way out. We had to talk about that conversation later too. Because it was all about listening and not so much about talking or saying anything. You got to hear where someone's coming from to be effective in ministry. Proverbs 18, 13. Proverbs 18, 13. Now, this is a, a caution for us. Whenever you go to Proverbs, you already know that you're going to get the good side of what's happening and the bad side if you don't do what God instructs to do. And we need to see the reason why we need to always be listeners. Because when we try to anticipate what's wrong with someone before it's time, we might make a mistake. And you're no longer acting in the spirit, you're acting on your own flesh. Amen? Amen. Amen. That echoed. That amen echoed across the... You don't want to act in your own flesh. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Now that's exactly why you need to listen. This might be one of the most important points in this being a helper in the faith. Just listen. Here's another one. Proverbs 22, verses 17 and 18. Now, that previous version was from the English Standard Version. Now, this is going to be from this Christian Standard Bible. Proverbs 22, verses 17 and 18. Look what it says. Listen closely. Pay attention to the words of the wise and apply your mind to my knowledge. Now, this is specifically talking about how when God is speaking to you through the power of the Spirit, listen closely. Pay attention to words of the wise. What we have to counter that with and understand that we need to be very sensitive to the Spirit speaking to us in all encounters that we have with other people we're ministering to. All encounters. That's our responsibility. Do you look at ministry as a responsibility? Do you look at it as a vital part of why you're here? If you're asked by the Jesus Christ himself to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that's a responsibility. That's not just a little catchphrase or a little sidebar. That's your responsibility. So when it comes to being taught and instruction, listen carefully. Listen to the Spirit speak to you. Listen closely, pay attention to the words of the wise, and apply your mind to my knowledge. Verse 18, for it is pleasing if you keep them within you, and if they are constantly on your lips. Wise words. Wise words, amen? Wise words. The P in helper is for purposeful living. Purposeful living. Now, we have to understand that in ministry, we are to be a help to others as we live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. And we convey the same message to others as we show that they too are living for a reason and a purpose in Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many times we've talked about, you need to know what your purpose is. If you know all about who you are as a reason and a purpose for living before Christ, you can minister to others very effectively. But if you don't have any idea what your life is all about, you can't minister worth squat. I'm just telling you right now. You can't. You've got to know where you're coming from before you minister to other people. 
Yeah, you can quote Bible verses. You can say things. But if you don't know what your purpose is, how can you effectively minister to others and show them that they have a purpose? I'm going to challenge you, you can't. You can't. Because ultimately, you can't do anything but give idle words. Idle words. Just shop talk. You know, we, we do shop talk all You know what shop talk is? You're just talking all the time about saying kind words just because you're getting around people who supposedly know the Lord or talking to the Lord and say, just giving shop talk when you go to church. And goodness knows what you say when you leave church. It probably ain't shop talk. But we don't need that. We need people who know what they're about. We need, we need people in our lives who know what their purpose is. It may take you a good part of your life to discover what your purpose is in Christ. That's okay. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And if it takes you this long... You need to be asking God, what is my purpose? What is your purpose? You, in knowing your purpose and where you should be, will be helpful in ministering to other people. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's take a look at verses 11 through 15. This is a wonderful verse because this shows you that no matter where you are in your life, you have a purpose. You can't be everything, but you can be something in Christ. You can't be everything, but you can be something because God has given you exactly what your ministry is, but you have to be keen to what it is. People work all their lives sometimes and just kind of go through the motions. And then maybe one day God speaks to them and it hits them. I should be doing something different. I should be doing this. I should be going in this direction instead of this direction. That's okay. Because one thing you have to understand is that God has put a lot of us in training to be ready to do that next thing that is assigned to you to do. You're in training all your life. You were being trained even when you weren't a believer. You're in training. So now you're taking all that knowledge and all that preparation and you can go from this direction to this direction at the moment God calls you to go. Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Verse 14, then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. Verse 15, by speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. Understand something. You're being trained. You're being taught. You're not like this all the time. Whoa, where am I going? What's going on? You have a reason and a purpose for living for Jesus Christ. He's setting you up for that. You have the information that you need as long as you're seeking after him and being obedient to him. Understand something. That's a huge deal now. The obedience factor has to kick in. And it should have kicked in if you did the first letter, humility. Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord and he's going to show you what you need to do. He's going to teach you. He wants you to grow in Christ. He doesn't want you to sit still in Christ. That's what sanctification is. It's a continuing growing process. So you can be 55 years old. 
even 60 years old, you're still learning. You're still growing in the faith. You're still progressing in the faith. Not about your age. It's not about your age. The second E in helper is for encouragement. We need encouragers. Encouragement. When you call on someone, do not neglect the importance of encouraging one another. We need encouragement. Amen? Amen. We need Amen. We need encouragement. And if you don't need encouragement, boy, I don't know about you. I need encouragement. My wife needs encouragement. Her mother needs encouragement. And even visiting my mother, that's encouraging for her to see other people. Remember, she just sees the same people every day. Seeing different faces is encouraging. Amen? Amen. Seeing different things is an encouragement. Kind words bring encouragement. Be kind. God's word reminds us of how he encourages each one of us. What does he say in 1 Thessalonians 5.11? Encourage one another and build one another up. Just as you are doing. Encourage one another. We all need encouragement. And turn, please, to Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. God's goodness. And I mentioned earlier about how important it is for us to fellowship together. There are a lot of churches out there. There are still some churches out there that are not meeting. They're not getting together. I don't know if you knew that or not. There's a lot of churches that are not gathering together as we are. They're doing the online thing. They, you know, Some churches are doing a little bit of something. But some churches, depending upon where they are, are not meeting. And you might have assumed a lot of them are. They're not. I know for a fact there are some people who want to be in church, but they can't be because they don't have either the property or the ability to do what we're doing right now. And going inside a building, you have to social distance, and that's almost impossible in some places. So we are blessed beyond measure. If you, if you look at life more than just a glass half full, but boy, we are blessed beyond measure to be able to do this. Look what it says in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir one another, one another, up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're able to meet together. We're able to encourage each other. We're able to uplift each other. It's uplifting just to see your faces. Just to be present. It's uplifting. And the day is drawing near. Amen? We've had a lot of discussions before about, are these the end times? Is this the end time? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, it is. We, we're in the end times. They were in the end times, talking about the end times, back in the day. When this stuff was being written. Yeah, we're in the end times. Every day that goes by is a day closer to Christ's return. That's how you know you're in the end times. You're one day closer every day. The day is going to draw near. Matthew 24, 14 says, and then the end will come. Guess what? The end is coming because scripture says so. So while we're waiting for that moment when Christ returns, we've got some work to do. We need to stay busy. We need to stay at it and encourage each other as time goes along. Remember, don't assume everyone is doing well right now. Don't assume it. The R in helper, last letter, is for respect. Respect. Now, I mentioned this very briefly in Sunday school this morning. Respect is very important. 
we're to treat everyone we encounter with respect. Now, who are we encountering? Folks that know the Lord and folks that don't know the Lord. Amen? We're encountering everybody. That covers everybody. People who know the Lord or don't know the Lord. So we do so with respect. We're to treat everyone we encounter with respect. And this is more about whether, you know, you have to understand, you may like the person, you may not like the person. But you still respect the person. It's a necessity to have respect for others, in, even in ministry, even within the body of Christ. There are people that you know in the body of Christ you probably can't stand. Amen? Oh, y'all are quiet on that one. <laughs> See, but you know I'm telling the truth. Amen? Yes. There are people in the body of Christ that you know that you can't stand personally. Because your personalities just don't mesh. It doesn't mean that the person is the worst person in the world but they just may not be your cup of tea. Okay, so you treat them with respect anyway. You know why? Because Christ died for that person just like he died for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's why. That's what you do. You do what's right. You have respect for the other person. It's not about liking somebody. Now that, that's not anti-biblical because love speaks for those situations where you have to encounter someone and treat them with love even though they can't stand you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Are you all, come on now. I'm giving you words for life. This is life stuff we're talking about. These are people we come in contact with all the time. We don't like everybody. But we're to love everyone anyway. And that requires respect. Respect, because you want them to see the love of Christ in you. If you ain't doing nothing else, that's what they should see from you. Respect with sincerity is what we are all to practice in love. And guess who else did it? Jesus Christ. Amen. You're doing what Jesus did. Did Jesus like everyone that he encountered in his ministry? That's a yes or a no. The answer is no. He didn't because he knew the hearts. He knows the hearts of every individual. He knew the hearts of those who were against him. It's not about liking someone, but you love everyone anyway and speak the truth of the gospel. Why are y'all looking at me like I'm strange or something by saying that? I'm only telling you exactly what Christ did. That's what he did. We don't want to look at it that way because, oh, he loved everyone. Yes, he did love everyone. But go back and look at the encounters he had with the Pharisees and Sadducees. What was happening when he was clearing the temple? What was going on with that? He has emotions just like you and me. Go to Romans 12. Verses 9 and 10. I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I'm just telling you, this is what we need to do. If, if we don't get along with everybody, we sure need to have respect. Respect needs to be part of the way we operate. When we're helpers in the faith. Now don't go out of here, come out of here and say, Melvin Gaines said, well, you I don't like everybody. Well, Melvin Gaines is telling the truth. You're not going to like everybody. But you can love everyone. Romans 12, verses 9 and 10. Let love be genuine. Wow. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Let your love be genuine. If you want to show respect for someone, be sincere. Sincerity is the key here. You're still showing the love of Christ in what you're doing. Another verse... Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. We really do need to make sure that we are helpers in the faith, that we are taking that humility thing and being empathetic and all the things we just talked, talked about up until this point of respect. 
we have sometimes an issue in the body of Christ with sincerity. Sincerity. Being honest about who you are. Being sincere as a person. If you're focusing on the love of Christ, you don't have time to be insincere. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. This is uh, Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. For that verse, some of us stop right there. Where it's all about me, me, me. And as far as you're concerned, oh well, sucks to be you. Life is tough, ain't it? Stop dead in our tracks right there. Not being respectful. Not being sincere. Oh, but for the grace of God go I. Oh, but for the grace of God goes you. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Even if you don't like somebody, you can still have a conversation with them about how they're doing. And be sincere about it. Amen? 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 Yes, you can. You can do it. Because you genuinely are reflecting the love of Christ and showing it by asking that question. Do you understand how important that is? If you're talking to somebody who's not a likable person and nobody likes them, but you step up and ask them how they're doing, what do you think that means to that person? That person may be thinking, I'm important enough to this person to ask a simple question. You don't know what that might mean to a person who generally is unlikable. And have you ever considered why are they unlikable? It's because they're miserable. You ever thought about that? Sometimes people who are unlikable are because they are miserable. They're scuffling. They're struggling. And they can't do anything. They don't have the knowledge to do what it is to fix that. So what do they do? They project. They project on other people. This isn't a psychology class. But this is what a lot of people do when they don't know how to process their own anger, their own frustrations, their own issues, the stuff that comes up and bubbles out. They can't process it. They don't know what to do. They need the love of Christ somewhere to be seen. You be that person. You be that person. So as you can see, the help that you provide in the faith is beneficial to not just the recipient of your kindness, but it also reflects the love of Jesus Christ. And what else does it do? It gives God the glory. God is being glorified. That's what you want. To God be the glory, amen? That's what you want. This is what you want people to see. This is what your reason and purpose is for living. This is what you want people to see. You've got your reason. You've got your purpose. To glorify God. That's it. As we are helpers in the faith, we are giving God the glory, and we're providing direction as to how we are all to live for Jesus Christ. There is no better time than right now, right now, to reach out to someone who really needs to hear from you. No better time. Do it today. Reach out to someone today. Take that time to call on someone who needs to hear about the love of Jesus Christ. Every one of us knows someone in this category. Everyone here is aware of someone you probably haven't talked to for a while. Take that time. As you move 
in the power of the Holy Spirit, be a helper in the faith to other people. It is the ultimate way to honor and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'll close with this passage. You can go ahead and turn to Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. And this is the epitome of what we've just discussed. Because it comes down to you being a helper in the faith. It starts with where you are and how you approach the Lord Jesus Christ and then how you approach others. Verse 36. This is a Christian Center Bible version. Teacher, which command in the law is greatest? Is the greatest. Verse 37. He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. command. Verse 39, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. There it is. You have what you need. You know what you need to do. Call on someone. Check on Ask them how they're doing. Listen to them. Let them speak to you. Let the Spirit guide you in the words that you give back to them. That's the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness in reminding us how we can care for ourselves by just letting the Spirit work in our lives and we can also speak to and care for others. Lord, let it resonate within us, your goodness. Help us to remember to think of other people who truly need to hear from you. And Lord, it's not about the reason why they aren't hearing from you. It's about how you have called us to minister to others, whether they ask you to or not, but to truly seek them out and look to them and find out where they are in their walk with you, or if they even don't know you, Lord, how we can be a light in a very dark world. Help us to be reminded of these things. Help us to think of others. Lord, I'm mindful of the people who are not here with us, who are in different parts of the country right now, who may be paying attention and listening right now. Lord, give us the mindset to remember those individuals. Remember them in prayer. Remember them with voices out loud. Speaking to them. Calling on them. Checking on them. Lord, we can burn up the phone lines on Mother's Day. Sometimes we don't do it on Father's Day. Lord, we can reach out to people on Valentine's Day. Sometimes we need to remember people, perhaps who are even veterans on Memorial Day or Labor Day. And Lord, even carry that all year long, keeping those people on our hearts and minds. We thank you for the reminders. We thank you for how you empower us and enable us to do these things. Lord, you are worthy of our praise. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Well, it's nap time for some of y'all. I can tell right now. Just go to sleep right now. Just stay, stay right here and go right to sleep. Um, <laughs> I know, right? It's just being silly. I can tell you that right now. Um, one thing I do want to remind you of as well, too. Um, next Sunday is Communion Sunday. So it's first Sunday. So please remember, and we'll try to send a note out to those of you who are online with us and follow us, to bring your own crackers and grape juice. And if you forget, we'll try to have extras for you, but we want you to participate in Communion together with us. Uh, we haven't done it in a long time, but it's now time to do it. Let's get back after it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here today. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy your day. Thanks so much.